and welcome to Ask the Oracle, the official Iron Sworn RPG podcast. And this week we're returning to our From the Ashes campaign. Joining me, as always, is my ally in this adventure, Matt Click. Hey, Matt. Hey, how's it going? It is fine. Hope everybody is staying safe and well and isolated and all of those things. Yeah, so far so good. Cool. So at least we get this little uh, opportunity to chit-chat and roll some dice and see what happens. Yeah, I can't go on a, jur- on a journey in real life, but I can in Ironsworn. Nearly as perilous as real life. <laughs> yep. So we're going to dive in here. In our last uh, session, we had a little bit of a uh, chit-chat with some giants. They've got an issue. We're going to help them. Scratch our back, we'll scratch theirs, which might require like a really long stick, but nonetheless. <laughs> a tree branch. Uh, we're helping them with their little, they've been usurped by someone who's been uh, beguiled by the dark power of the pillar. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're going to help us uh, get to the white pillar and figure out what the dealio is to try to deal with this uh, mega weapon we have threatening uh, the very fabric of reality. Yeah. Pro- probably not. I think reality is fine, but nonetheless. No, reality is, is okay, but I'd say the yeah. Ironlands in general are in, are in great yeah. peril. It's been rough in the Ironlands. It has been. So that's where we left off, and um, we've got these three uh, three potential giant buddies who I'm now determined to make my best friends. Uh, Kira, who is their leader, Bashtu, who's an awesome guy with all kinds of ribbons in his beard. And Chaidu, who's uh, sort of the youngest of this uh, little group, met up with them in a mountain pass. We were on a journey to try to find this uh, white pillar, uh, try to uncover how, what meaning it has and sort of the uh, its relationship to the, uh, the pillar that's the weapon. Uh, these folks are going to help us out, I think. Yeah. So I envision our next step is probably, it was, was, as as I recall, it was late in the day as we happened across these fine folks. So we were were sort of trying to think about making camp and then things went horribly awry for us. Yeah. So I think we should stick with that. I think we should uh, join these folks for, for some camp. Now I would sojourn here, you know, you can... Sojourn, uh, the trigger for sojourn is spending time with a community. A community is a flexible term. It can encompass three uh, outcast giants, most certainly. But in this case, when we asked the Oracle what what the deal is with these folks, uh, one of the answers was uh, provisions are scarce. And that was the reasons for us to try to sojourn is because we are out of supply. We're unprepared. We've got nothing. Yep. Um, And unfortunately, we're getting nothing from them. So... I think we make camp, enjoy a little time around the fire, have a little chit chat with the giants, head out in the morning. Bashu's going to lead the way, and that sort of uh, circumvents the journey we are on as well. So, yeah, we just sort of wrap up that journey prematurely. So, instead of making a progress move, it's just uh, it's just the sort of the narrative has taken over here. There's not really reason to continue taking a journey when right the giant knows the way and is going to take us there and it's a short ways away it's a good example of journeys not always ending the way you imagine them ending and in this case the journey is literally just sort of fizzling out because we 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 have a new path to take now so it's not dissimilar from if you're in a fight in iron sword and you decide you know what i'm just gonna run like this is not going well you make a face danger move you run you don't have to make the end the fight move to determine what happens when you run you're just sort of you're shortcutting the end of that so anytime like the narrative takes over you don't try to like pigeonhole you know mechanics awkwardly into narrative let the narrative lead the way yep totally 
All right. So anything you want to do in terms of uh, uh, preparing to make camp or make camp with these folks? You know, I would really love to try and like gather some food or something forage for a little something just because we're so low on supplies. Mm -hmm. I don't imagine that that's going to be easy to do because the giants themselves mentioned that they're, you know, low on supplies and things like that. So, um, yeah, I'd love to try and maybe make a resupply move, uh, to try and set us up a little bit with some supply before we, uh, set out in the morning. Okay. What does that look like? What are you doing? Uh, I think I'm going to, uh, I'm going to take my uh, my young wyvern friend here, Einar, oh, and yeah. going to take him out hunting and try and catch us some some conies or some uh, <laughs> something. I don't know. Try and try and catch something uh, so that we can have a little bit of a, a foundational of supply before we head out. And I'm also thinking that if I can do that, I can maybe uh, sort of like entrench us with the giants. If I'm like, Hey, we have this food. We'd love to share it with you sort of deal. Uh, we maybe have a little bit of a, of uh, some leverage with them. So, Oh, you know what though? Hmm. I hate to undermine you, but no, you can't, for it. you can't, you could resupply, you could resupply a secure an advantage, uh, mm-hmm. or you could secure an advantage instead of resupply as a way of sort of accomplishing what you're talking about, just in terms of like gaining a little bit of, uh, okay an edge with these guys but we can't mm-hmm. resupply because we are unprepared which means oh, yeah. the only way to become un- unprepared is to sojourn you're absolutely right that's a good point i forgot that we were literally at zero supply right now so the mechanical sort of benefits of resupply do you no good in this case just sort of framing that up i'd say right secure advantage makes sense because it gives us a little momentum or gives you a little momentum which sort of represents uh, you know, maybe a less uh, grumbly belly mm-hmm. and it helps us maybe establish a little bit of a rapport with our fine giant friends. Totally. Yeah, I think that makes sense. So I will do secure an advantage instead. Um, and I'd say that I could make a a case for edge and heart in this case. Edge because, uh, you know, I'm going out with my wyvern. We're being quick. We're being agile. We're trying to just quickly catch something and bring it back. Uh, could also maybe be shadow because I'm sneaking around, but I'm kind of leaning towards heart because I feel like I'm doing this in the interest of sort of ingraining us with these giants. Yeah, I think heart is good. Normally, this would be probably a wits thing just because wit, wits tends to be the go-to for outdoor stuff, but I like the right. framing of heart for this. Yeah. Okay, cool. So I just got to go with that. Cool. I'm going to go ahead and do that then using heart. Um, zero modifier. Do the roll. Oh, I got a weak hit. So on a weak hit, my advantage is short-lived. I take plus one momentum. Okay. So I think that means somewhat meager uh, a result, right, from the hunting. So Yeah, I think uh, Einar and I kind of bound out into the, you know, we start setting up camp and Einar and I head out for a short stint where we may be gone for a half an hour or so. And we come back with, uh, you know, a few rabbits sort of in clutched in Einar's jaws. Uh, and even though it's it's not a ton of food, even for for you and me, uh, I I offer to the giants to share in whatever stew we can throw together here with our meager supplies. <laughs> I just I just picture these poor giants and like they're it's like a it's like <laughs> finger food. Uh, yeah, they're, they're basically getting like a little hors d'oeuvre. And I imagine them being uh, uh, appreciative, but giving each other a little bit of a not an eye roll quite, but you know what I'm yeah. talking about, like humans. 
Yeah. <laughs> Give them like, to their portions. Yeah, we may as well have handed them like a granola bar or something. Like, here you go, guys. <laughs> really hope here's, this helps. There's a fruit wrap. Enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, here's some fruit leather. Enjoy. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I imagine it's like sitting. So we're up in sort of a mountain pass. So there's probably yeah. a place that they've been sort of set up for the past few days, right? Yeah, um, tucked away. Sheltered, maybe in a little like rocky alcove with a little mm-hmm. bit of an overhang. So we've got a decent fire going. They're sitting on a couple of, they sort of settle into a couple of big rocks as they sit there and daintily <laughs> sort of <laughs> eat, your, uh, eat your stew. Yeah, they basically each have a shot of stew that they can uh, enjoy. I imagine that as, as you're sort of like attending to them too, that Kira is sort of watching you and looking at your at your sword. Um, we learned in our last uh, session that that, was, that sword was actually forged by ancient giants and mm-hmm. has sort of found its way back um, uh, to some extent, uh, back to its birthplace. And it's also connected to the, the pillars in some fashion. I have every intention of returning it as soon as its work is done. And maybe she even volunteers a little bit of information, right? Just to sort of build on the information we got earlier. Mm-hmm. So I imagine saying, your sword, and she nods down at it. That was once attuned to the pillars. And she sort of struggles for the word for a second because it's she doesn't have the word in, in our language. Right. Um, so she just says like a giant word, right? Um, mm-hmm. Which I don't know. You want to roll a giant name and figure out what these pillars are called. In the I would love to. Maybe? Yeah. Go to the oracles here and I will roll giant name. Denua. I like that. Yeah. The Denua. Yeah. Yeah. So the the pillars of Denua and and she's saying there's no word in in your language. Perhaps you might call them the true stones for they hold the primal secrets of creation itself. They're literally the cornerstones of this world binding our reality together. One pillar of creation, the other of ruin. The other pillars throughout this land are lesser things. They are to the Denuas, our ants to their queen, but all working toward the same purpose over eons. And I imagine you a little bit like transfixed, right? As she's talking, just yeah, sort of like in the deepening, deepening night and the glow of the fire. And she says, and, and your sword is among the servants of the pillars bound to them when it was created by the master smiths of old. But now it's tainted from centuries of killing. Its voice is confused, lost. Yet it still remembers its purpose when my friends and I faced the ruin of the Black Pillar, this Denua. The sword protected me. It seemed to react to the Pillar's power. Somewhere in the steel, it remembers. And her and uh, Bashtu chit-chat for a moment in their own language, which neither of us understand. Yeah. And she just says, perhaps, but the Denua... And their servants have their own purposes, which are beyond our understanding. I nod. That sort of makes sense to me, carrying this blade for most of my life and not understanding its origin or its purpose. So hearing her say these things just sort of confirms suspicions and theories that I've held for many years. So I sort of lapse into silence, sip my stew, toss a flank of rabbit to Einar and... uh sit quietly with my thoughts. I think this is a good opportunity to uh, make a move, which is make camp as we're sort of settling in here over mm-hmm. our 
evening meal uh, may camp as a recuperative move, which you can make when you're sort of in a secure place, which I feel like this is. Uh, I think I get a bonus. Hang on. Let me go to my assets here. Uh, I get a plus one because I'm with my bannerkin, namely you. Yep. Uh, as I make camp. And I get plus one momentum on a hit as well. So this is going to go great. Nice. Oh, crap. I forgot it's based on supply. Mm. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. We have zero supply. Well, you get plus one, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. There we go. Okay. We hit. Hey, that's not bad. Uh, so on a week hit. We get to choose one. We both get to choose one. Uh, I'm going to take my plus one momentum while I'm thinking about it. Will you make your choice? I think I'm also going to take plus one momentum, which is the focus option. And that kind of works for what I got going on narratively yeah, as well. I think so too. Sort of contemplating, heeding the words that uh, Kira has said to me. I'm going to go health. Um, I'm going to give myself a little plus one in health. You're uh, just from the sort of the warm comfort of mm -hmm. your stew here you're welcome as we're wrapping up the meal too i've got uh so i've got this story weaver asset when you secure an advantage compel or forge a bond by sharing an inspiring or enlightening song poem or tale envision the story you tell then add plus one and take plus one momentum on hit so i'm in the mood for a bit more momentum since i burned that off in our last session if i recall correctly mm -hmm. so i think it's a good opportunity to uh secure an advantage with a with a tail and maybe it's also a way to sort of set up a little bit of a sort of uh, continue along the path you're on, which is sort of establishing a little bit of a rapport with these giants because- Yeah. So I, I want to think of a story appropriate to the audience here. So I, I tell a story about uh, of my own kin. So this is something that my grandparents told me when I was young. Uh, they are long dead now. They were among the first refugees to settle uh, these hills in the Ironlands. Uh, they were Smiths in the old world, so they were refugees. They were in the first wave of refugees, and they were when they arrived, they were drawn to the iron of these hills and probably suffered much and faced many perils just in the long journey from the coast to the hills. And as I talk about them, you you can you can see them. Like I, I weave a vision for you: a young couple in a wagon, drawn by a pair of strong horses. It's bouncing up a mountain trail. Uh, they seem to pass right by us as we're sitting by this fire. Mm. Uh, the man's expression is creased with a frown. It's growing dark. Uh, they need a safe place to shelter for the night. It's snowing in this in their time, and you see snow flurries sweeping through the air. The horses are struggling through this deepening snow on this steep trail, and suddenly the 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 storm gets more violent. It's like a whirling cyclone of snow and ice. It's battering at them. One of the horses stumbles and falls. As we watch this, our own fire starts to dim. Mm. It's like nearly stuffed out. It's a, like it's affected through time by this memory. And there's something else in the storm. We can see there's shapes and voices. It's barely heard, but you get the sense that they're needful and cruel. The cyclone is closing in on my grandparents. It's smothering them. The other horse is panicking and trying to break away. My grandparents are huddling together seemingly helpless. The shadows in the storm are closing in around them. You see sort of vague, sort of animalistic and human shapes sweeping through the snow. And then there's a light. It's dim at first, but then uh, it's like when the sun just crests over the horizon, grows brighter, and a huge shape lumbers into view. You see my grandparents again, and they're filled with terror for a moment, certain that some greater hell is coming for them. But then 
a giant is revealed. Mm. She's a young giant with many ribbons in her long hair, and she's holding a stone that's glowing with a with a pure white light. And the storm shrinks back from it, like pulling your hand back from a hot coal. But as the giant moves toward the wagon, the the storm surges back at her, moves away from my grandparents, and now is focused on her. And the shadows are flailing at her, and she's struggling to move forward. The light in her hand is dimming. It collapses to a pinpoint, like a closing iris. You have to squint to even see it. And then there's just darkness, like a long moment of darkness. Mm. And your heart clenches, just wondering what became of these people. And then suddenly there's a flash, and it's a light as bright as a midday sun, brighter even. And there's a scream, an unnerving scream, and like a thousand animalistic voices. And the storm is instantly snuffed out. And what you see now is, is only the giant. She's on her knees, bruised and battered. And the, the man and the woman, my grandparents, are beside her now. They've struggled through the storm to reach her. And they each have one hand on that stone. Their hands are tiny, childlike, compared to the giant's hand. But the combined life and will of the three of them was, was strong enough to defeat that tempest. The scene fades away. It sort of collapses. And you see just the, the final thing you see is just the giant. It's like a curtain closing on a play. Mm-hmm. And this giant's image is superimposed over Kira, who's sitting beside us on a rock. And we see for a moment that the giant's face superimposed over Kira's face, and you recognize the same eyes, the same facial structure, same person, but older now, Mm. without the ribbons in her hair. And then I finish telling the story, and somewhat sort of surprised and mouth agape and looking at her, not really sure what to say. Let's see how it goes over. I'm going to make the move. Secure and advantage plus heart. Get add plus one. That's a weak hit. I'll take it. Not terrible. Yep. So that's going to give me plus two momentum because I get a momentum bonus from the Storyweaver asset. What's represented by the weak hit? I think the weak hit is, I think it means that it's for her, it's a almost a little bit of an intrusion into her own yeah. memories, right? Yep. Yeah. So she says to me, um, you're a memory keeper. And I just say, and you're the one my grandparents spoke of. You saved their lives. And she just says, this memory was not yours to share. Mm. And so there, there's something else here. There's something else to this. And yeah. she grows silent and a little bit a little bit brooding. All right. Anything else you want to do with your evening? I don't think so. I'm going to sit my stew and listen to this story and <laughs> eventually uh, bed down. And uh, Einar and I have been sleeping closer and closer each night. And I think we're kind of tuckled up together tonight to uh, escape Aww. the cold of the mountains. So, so sweet. Yeah. We're He's such a good boy. We're officially uh, buddies now. So I love him so much. I do too. I hope nothing bad ever happens to him. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, transition to the next morning. We're getting up, readying our gear as our, as is um, our friend Bashtu, who's sort of packing up some of his meager supplies, hefting a spear. Uh, he has a long conversation with Kira, occasionally looking back toward us. And we're sort of like in two different groups, right? We got two different clicks going here. Yeah. Um, as everybody sort of prepares and as they say their goodbyes. And he just, he just passes by us and says, come. And that's it. Uh, and we just 
I just give a nod to Kira and Chaidu and follow him. I do the same, uh, offering Kira a nod, and I catch her looking again to the hilt of the sword on my back. Uh, and I think about saying something else to her, but then I simply nod and then uh, follow behind, uh, taking up the rear uh, behind you and Bashtu. And so for travel, I think we can just montage that. Mm-hmm. A little bit of uh, Lord of the Rings uh, trekking over the hills, uh, helicopter shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to lead the way um, to this giant encampment that we're heading towards. What does that look like in terms of travel? So I think we're, we kind of transition from these canyons and these mountain paths to walking along sort of the summits of these smaller peaks as we move further and further north. Um, the scenery becomes even craggier and the cliffs even sheerer. And uh, by the end of it, both of us uh, have our cloaks up around uh, our our necks and our ears trying to uh, protect ourselves from the growing cold uh, and maybe it's even snowing as we reach our destination. Yeah, I envision us sort of coming up over a crest and we see mm-hmm. this encampment, right? Um, yeah. So yeah, and giants are a nomadic people, so this is mm-hmm. not unusual for, thing for them to be moving to a place and sort of setting up camp, right? So definitely not sort of a haphazard sort of thing, right? They've got large tents, they've got livestock and mammoths uh, about... Uh, there's a general sort of sense of activity. Do we notice anything strange about these giants as we look at them from a distance, do you think? I think that um, they maybe have some sort of signifier uh, as to whom they serve. Um, Maybe some sort of like tattoo or brand that has been placed upon them uh, to signify their allegiance to this new giant leader and their reverence of the of the pillars yeah i like that um and i imagine sort of at the top of a hill looking down relatively safe location to observe but also sort of feeling uh the seemingly sort of insurmountable task we've set upon here Mm -hmm. we've got a couple things one we have in service to these giants uh somehow repair the uh schism that has rent their clan and cause them to fall under the sway of this leader and this dark power. And the other is just find this pillar and Mm -hmm. find its meaning and relationship to your sword and the meaning to the other pillar. So there's a lot here and, uh, you know, we can't, uh, it's not like we can sort of bust into camp and um, start swinging swords or anything because they'll just swat us like a fly. I maybe even catch your gaze as we look upon this site and say, all right, I'll take the six on the right. You take the six on the left. <laughs> um, and, and I just say I count 13. <laughs> so yeah, does does Bastu have any suggestions for us? Do we have any suggestions? How do we want to go about this? I sort of get the feeling that Bastu is uh, sort of waiting on us to sort of evaluate yeah. the situation, almost testing us a little bit, right? Exactly. Sort of see yeah. Are we even like worth him taking any, you know, risk to help aid us here? Exactly. Um, my thinking is that uh, maybe there might be another way into the the temple. Like, right. it, it, you know, there's this giant-sized entrance that the giants are protecting and, and mm-hmm. keeping the other giants out of, but maybe there is a another way in where we could fit, uh, being significantly smaller. Yeah, I like that. Do you want to ask, ask Bastu about that? Yeah, so um, 
Yeah, I asked, I, I turned to Bashtu and say, uh, we're not going to have much luck taking these giants head on. Is there another way inside? Let's gather information and see. Let's do it. So uh, That's you asking, so you go yep. make a move. I'm going to go ahead and gather information, and that's a miss. And that's uh, a miss. Uh, unearths a dire threat or reveals an unwelcome truth that undermines your quest. Pay the right. price. So I think the answer is, I like the I like the idea of a yes but. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. But it's got to be a big but. Her, her. <laughs> yeah. Um, to justify the miss, right? Yeah. So there's a path in, but what is it that is presents some extreme danger? I think it's a perilous path, one that is so dangerous that the giants don't even bother guarding it because they know that anyone uh, foolish enough to take that path would never make it into the temple. I like the idea of there being a particular threat. Some sort of guardian or something. Uh, how about we use the creature generator? Ooh, that's a good idea. Let's do it. That's a really good idea. Let's sort of give it some characteristics that Bash yeah. can tell us about. I think that it, it probably has to be large or huge in order to yeah, be, definitely, be a threat to giants. That's one thing we don't have to roll on, right? Yeah. Necessarily. Yep. Let's go primary form. Mm-hmm. So what we're doing here is there's an oracle within Delve that is a creature generator oracle. It's sort of designed to create like monstrous abominations. Yeah, um, just like terrifying monsters with various sort of characteristics and different forms. And yep. So let's call it large, as you said. That's giant size, so that's perfect. Yep. Uh, primary form I'm going to roll for. Okay. We get humanoid. Interesting. Oh, interesting. That's not what I expected. Very okay. interesting. Yeah. That changes okay. things for me. Uh, we're going to roll characteristics four times, and we're going to pick uh, up to three. Okay, how's that? Sound? Okay, yep. Bony protuberances. Already love this fella. Mm-hmm. Strange color markings. Strange color okay. or markings. I like the markings. Like, looks. Who I? Yeah. Got strange color markings twice. Yeah. So that's a definite like. Yeah, have to strong be. Uh, aspect of this creature. Yep. And wings. wings. What? Oh. Uh, I kind of like. I kind of have an idea. That maybe this is the humanoid form is is very interesting. Yeah. I think that this whatever this thing is, it was once a giant, but it is no longer. Yeah, something has mutated, right? Yeah, something perhaps the pillars have warped it and made it monstrous over time, uh, completely reshaping it into the monster that it is now. And maybe the maybe the new leader of the giants is. In the first stages of the same thing, mm-hmm. so I think he's ro- starting to we have, may have to bony, bony protuberances as well. Well, we may have to like roll for him when we encounter him and see what oh, his, see, see what, what his, his mutations are. are. Yeah, yeah. Oh, all right, I love it. Cool. All right, so let's do the same for abilities. Let's go for four abilities and mm-hmm. pick three. Okay. Keen senses, I like that because yep. he's in this dark place. That's perfect. Definitely. Flyer glider oh, man. goes along with the wings. wings. Oh my gosh! So it's not yeah. uh, it's not little dragon baby wings that you can't actually fly with, right? It's actually, yeah, he can fly. So yeah, I, we're gonna encounter this thing in a huge chamber, probably, right? Yeah. Intimidating vocalization. Okay. So it's got a terrifying yeah. voice or roar or something. Uh-huh. I, I'm I'm gonna go with like terrifying voice um, to give it. I want to give it some a good degree of sentience. Yeah, and he's a leaper. Leaper. Yeah. So I'm thinking that maybe this giant maybe has some almost like bat-like qualities. 
like we got wings, flyer glider, intimidating vocalization. Like it's oh, living yeah. in the dark. It has keen yeah. senses. Like maybe it's sort of yeah, almost bat like huge bat giant. I love it. I hate it. And I, I think leaper. It. I think leaper means that he's a little bit more of a glider than a flyer. Yeah, I think that he's too big to really take flight. And they're also like you know in the darkness in these caves and stuff. Yeah. Like, so I picture him sort of like going across chasms. Totally. Like, yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh, I hate it so much. Yep. He is the worst. Yep. So what is That's the name? That's very of this cool. Thing? What is the name of this thing? What yeah, we got to come thing? up with some kind of cool name. Yeah. Like a giant name would be cool, but I feel like it doesn't It doesn't have a giant name anymore. Yeah, I'd feel like they'd call it something representing like it's- It's, it's, almost, like a, it's almost like a fallen angel or something like that. Yeah. It's in giant lore, right? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. That's cool. Let's let that one settle for a bit. Yep. Yeah. So we'll I come up with a cooler name if we let it settle for a bit. Can't wait for this thing to just completely kill us. So he tells us a story of like this thing like hundreds of years ago was a giant who followed the same path and became ensorcelled by the uh, by the pillars, right? And mutated into this form and has lurked since then, ostensibly yeah. sort of guarding the white pillar from any who would. He's, there's a little bit of a golem aspect here, right? Totally. Yeah. So yeah, I love every part of that. Yep. So that's very that's, cool. That's somebody we have to. So instead of like, uh, I think we, like I said, I think we have to deal with him at some point. Uh, yeah, definitely. It's we could say he's at the. De- we could say he's he's probably at the pillar, right? Like he's probably drawn to it. If he, yeah. if yeah, he's protecting if, it, he's good. Exactly. Be in its vicinity. So yeah. reaching our objective on our delve, I think. I think he's something we're going to have to overcome there. Definitely. Uh, irrespective of how the delve goes and how our uh, locate your objective role goes. Sound yep. good? Sounds right. good to me. Okay. So, and I also want to sort of feed on that miss a little bit, just like ratchet up the danger a little bit by, there's probably some danger we're going to have to deal with even getting into this entrance. So yeah, I tell Bastu, um, until we get to this pillar and discover what what has drawn my friend here to this place and what the meaning of its relationship to a sword is until we know these things we cannot attempt to aid you in your own quest but we will find these truths and return we'll meet you here get some sort of signal to you uh and he nods in reluctant assent and says i cannot follow you into that place it is forbidden we understand you've brought us this far he describes sort of the path to this this entrance let's say it's like a like a, a waterway leading into the caverns, maybe? Like is it yeah, there's I like that. some underground waterway? So that's one of the reasons this is not a particularly convenient path is you you uh, have to dive into this render river, go into water, fight against the current. That makes sense to me, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Sounds good. Right. So we make our way following his directions. I picture it's a, a sort of a wide circle sort of dropping back down on the other side of this hill that we're on, taking sort of a wide path around the other side of this temple. What is the, what is the, can we see like the front of the the ruins from the camp side of things, like the giant side of things? What does it look like? I think so. I think it's a, it's like a piece of the mountain. Like it, it doesn't look necessarily like a, like mortared stone. It looks like it was carved from the mountain itself. So old and, and so ancient that probably constructed by, uh, methods lost long ago to even the giants. And so I think that it it looks like someone 
like literally carved like the front edifice of this temple out of the mountain itself to the point where you might not even notice it unless you were looking right at this mountain and you could see like, oh, wow, there's a there's a giant doorway there carved into the mountain itself. Uh, and I imagine that there are these like large towering figures that have long been weathered by uh, time and erosion uh, where their their faces are completely featureless, sort of standing on either side of this doorway. I like that a lot. That's great. And so we catch glimpses of this as we're sort of working our way around, right? We have to mm-hmm. stop every so often as we hear some movement over in the camp. But we've got a pretty uh, clear path where especially owing to our sort of size compared to the giants, we're able to sort of stay uh, out of sight. Um, and they're, we- they're definitely not looking specifically for Ironlanders. They're looking for giants. Yeah. So- yeah, we're able to slip by. So we come to this uh, the the river he described, which is sort of this torrent of water coming out of the side of the hill. Pools for a moment at the sort of as it emerges from the stone and then sort of crashes down. So we've got to like go against all of our instincts and go diving into this thing and yeah. see where it takes us. So who's who's leading that activity? I feel like that's a me thing. <laughs> I, I feel guess. like it is too. I feel like I Kamar definitely is not a swimmer. Yeah. So yeah, I sort of fasten my shield as best I can, take hold of my spear as best I can, take a deep breath. It's freezing out. This is not going to feel good by any means. A refreshing mountain spring here. Um, and I think we have to leave some stuff behind too, right? This is a good way to reinforce our lack of supply here. Is yeah, we. I don't think we're like taking our packs in this place. Like no, I think we have to lose as much weight as possible. Yeah. So it's even yeah. like we're maybe taking off pieces of armor and stuff before we get in the water. And it's so risky. Like calling my my shield is like a uh, a wind sail, probably. <laughs> when yeah. But it yeah. hits the water, but <laughs> nonetheless, uh, I worked hard for this thing, so I'm going to take it with me. Definitely. All right. So this is going to be a face danger, I think, to resolve this. Uh, attempt something risky or react to an imminent threat. I think it's going to have to be iron, strength or endurance. I think that's what it's I all think it, about. I think it absolutely has to be, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So here we go. It's going to be a real short. Oh, nice. Oh, man. So that is a strong hit with a match. So Very nice. So that, what does that mean? What does the match mean? Let's think about that in a second. But uh, this is my moment to shine. So I take a hold of you, dive in, push hard through this water. I see just through the, the, the murk of this gray day, right? I see this passage just with the strength born of determination. I managed to push my way through, almost dragging you along with me mm-hmm. and come up out of the water, chilled to my core, teeth chattering, skin blue, drag myself up on this rocky shelf. And uh, I think the opportunity is there's a light source here because we did not yeah. bring any. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think that's probably a good idea. <laughs> so what does the light source look like? I think that it is, it sort of looks like a traditional torch, but in mm-hmm. place of a flame, it has this ice blue crystal topping it that has this like dim glow coming from it. Yeah, I like that a lot. A little sort of the lasting f- torch. Yeah, it's sort of the first sign we get of this place being somewhat otherworldly and ancient yeah that's uh and einar comes up out of the water too and immediately shakes himself off and just drenches us yet again with with water this freezing water as it comes flying off of him i picture him like being a super good swimmer like he does that sort of like fold the wings back and then use the wings as like 
fins almost, right? Yeah, yeah. So he just goes, he even goes like darting by as I'm hauling you through and just like, phoom, yeah, it's almost it like a like a tiger and a seabird, like <laughs> combined, but just speeding by us. Yeah, cool. So that that feels good to have some yeah. success there. Okay, so here we are at the entrance to this place. And what we'll do is work through the discover a site move um, with the delve mechanics. That's the first move that you trigger when you're about to enter a perilous site. Do we have a name for this site? Yeah. Well, it's maybe the Temple of Danua. Yeah. Perfect. Temple of Danua. What do we think the... So sites are basically built out of sort of two main aspects, which provide mm-hmm. both sort of the, the narrative framing for the site, as well as Oracle tables you can roll on to for features and dangers. So I think domain, we have a choice here. It can either, either be a cavern mm-hmm. or it can be a ruin. Um, but what between those two would you say is its most sort of dominant? I think probably ruin makes the most sense to me since it yeah. is a temple and it okay. was sort of built by ancient giants. I think it probably has more structure to it than it doesn't. So yeah. ruin like makes that. the most sense for me. And similarly, I feel like we have two choices for our theme here. Mm-hmm. I feel like ancient works great. Yep. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like hallowed works pretty well. I was leaning towards hallowed myself. I think uh, it is indeed ancient, but I think its its identity as a temple holds a little bit more like thematic weight. I agree. the The problem, like with that, just in terms of what we'll generate, mm-hmm. is like this is sort of a dead temple, right? That is true. There's not active worshiping point. going on here. Yes. So a lot of the potential dangers that we would be triggering are sort of themed around like the denizens of the place being worshippers. That's so a good point. Ancient, so sort of abandoned. Ancient. Echoing with hollow memories of that ancient religion, I think, yep. uh, feels a little bit better. I think you're right. So ancient ruin, I think, is uh, yeah. you know perfect. And I'm going to grab the uh, hard copy, hard copy uh, printed uh, theme and domain cards and sit them on my desk here. Anyway, that'll keep me from having to jump around tabs and roll twenty too much. Cool. And we want to give the site a rank. Is the next part of that move? Yeah. Standard Ironsworn rank system reflects how complex and dangerous it is. I would, for pacing reasons, I would like to say dangerous, but for narrative reasons, I'm tempted to say for formidable. I was kind of leaning towards formidable myself. Uh, well, you know, we'll certainly get through it quicker as a dangerous site, but this feels it doesn't. It feels more than dangerous for me. Yeah. Uh, so we gave the site a name. It's the Temple of Danua. Our objective is the White Pillar. We ran all that down on our site worksheet. And the other aspect of the site worksheet that you can use as you're sort of setting up your site here is giving it some denizens. Mm -hmm. There's a sort of a random role matrix um, within the site worksheet that you can use to sort of establish a few denizens based on what you know of the site through the fiction um, and or what you think would be cool. um, And then leaving some blanks, right? You don't have to, there's there's a grid of, how many is it? 12 um, spots based on... A sort of rarity going from very common to unforeseen with appropriate random roles for each. Mm-hmm. And generally, when you're creating the site, you're, you're just going to want to sort of fill out a handful of that rather than number one, it's just a creative exercise to come off the mall. Number two, you want to leave room for surprises and yep. blanks, right? Exactly. So, so I think that's what we'll do is we'll sort of fill in a few sort of known aspects of this place. And we only know one denizen for sure, yep. and that is this creature. So let's maybe fill in some other stuff sort of around the edges of that. Yeah, sounds good. I know that we had talked about potentially running into giants who are inside the temple. Um, 
I wouldn't necessarily say that they would be common, but we could potentially run into a, a giant or two while we're going through. Yeah, I like the idea of having them like being like uh, twisted by this, like the giants who are in here. Yeah. Are uh, like they're not being guards. They're just they've sort of fallen prey to this yeah. uh, sort of corrupted force that's happening here. Yeah, they're sort of in the earlier stages of what happened to the the, yeah. the big bad creature that we're looking at. You know, it'd be cool in in Delve. There's a there's a beast called Iron Racked Beast. Mm-hmm. What if there's Iron Racked Giants? Oh yeah, that are sort of diseased with like a, a metal corruption, iron corruption. Yeah. I'm into that. Uh, that gives that also gives us a little bit of narrative framing to maybe reduce the rank because giants are pretty tough. Yeah, and would probably be the death of us if we encounter any. <laughs> right. So maybe just by virtue of having this sickness and the corruption, they're um, not quite as uh, formidable. That makes but sense. Actually, they're they're literally formidable because if we drop them down a rank, they're going to be formidable. So let's call those. What do you feel like, rare or uncommon? I feel like it might be uncommon. Okay. So let's. Uh, Let's put them in the 8287 slot. Okay. We're going to call Iron Racked Giants. Oh, I just had an epiphany. What? Our our guardian that's in here. Mm-hmm. What if he's iron racked? What if his like bony protuberances are iron protuberances? And what if his wings are like iron wings? Yeah, I'm into that. Yeah, that's pretty metal. It's like turning into a van painting here. And we call him the uh, Iron Guardian. Yeah. I'm into that. Let's put him on unforeseen. Okay. We're going to encounter him either way through the thing, but we may have to, maybe we encounter him more than once. Yep. So I just put Iron Giant in <laughs> unforeseen. I don't want to fight the Iron Giant. such a good movie. It's a by great the way. movie. If, you have, if you've ever watched Iron Giant, just like, it's got to be available for streaming somewhere. Right? I think it's on Netflix right now, actually. It's an amazing movie. It it's really like is. One of my, it's easily in my top three animated movies. Yeah, same. I wouldn't be surprised if it's in my top 10 like movies. Just movies. overall yeah. movies. Yeah, I don't have to think about it, but yeah. it's up there. Top 20 at least. Yeah. Okay. So we got our Iron Rack Giants. We got our uh, Iron Rack Guardian. How about some sort of uh, more animalistic things? Yeah. I think that makes sense. Um, we could do big spiders. We could do like blade Ooh. wings. Big spiders. Blade wings might be cool because I think we've got like towering spaces in this thing just by virtue of it's built for the giants. Yep. So let's put bay. Let's say this is sort of infested with blade wings in here. Let's put them in common forty two fifty five. Makes sense. Think? Yep. Okay. Uh, and one or two more. I think you said ooh spiders. So I, I spiders. love fighting spiders. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to go nightmare spiders or hero spiders? There's two different sort of spiders that um, occur. In the- nightmare spiders are smaller, but they're they have a uh, hallucinogenic inducing poison. Yep. Uh, hero spiders are bigger. Let's uh let's go with nightmare spiders since they're in new to delve. Let me put them in uh seventy six to eighty one uncommon. Yeah, that sounds great. I think that's good. Yeah, because yeah, it's enough to roll on, and then you know if we roll an empty slot, we just we'll come up with what slot. it is. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Uh, so let me work through my little checklist here with the discover site move. Uh, bah, bah, bah. yeah, that's it. Okay, so the rank we got our sheet all filled out. Um, and how the how the delve uh, the core delve move moves work? It's basically it's sort of the sister you know uh, mechanics to journeys, very mm-hmm. similar um, in that it's got sort of a, a narrative, a mechanical loop of pushing forward, making progress, trying to reach your destination, or in this case, your objective. Yep. The difference is it's just like it's a little bit more level of detail. There's some sub moves to reveal dangers and find opportunities. 
And there's uh, oracles that give more detail based on the theme and domain of your site. Um, so it's just a way to give a particular location uh, more of a focus. You could easily just like do this with the journey roles or just ab zoom out even further and abstract it with a right. couple of face danger roles, right? But um, in this case, this is a cool location. It's a big plot point for us. It's cool to zoom in and sort of um, explore this in detail. But um, it's not like a it's not like a typical dungeon crawl where you're necessarily like room to room exploration. It's still abstracted a little bit. Um, I always like to compare it to like um, the scenes in Moria and yep. in, uh, Fellowship of the Ring, right? Yep. Of of there's. There's moments when they just sort of montage them moving through spaces, right? Like they see the mines and they, you know, yeah. And there's, they're just sort of fade from one area to the other. And there's others where they're stopping and talking or Balin's tomb or whatever, where it goes into focus. Yep. Is it Balin's tomb? Cause I don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. I thought I My cousin Bali would give us a royal welcome. Yeah. I was afraid I lost some valuable. <laughs> for a there. No, your your reputation is intact. Thank you. Yep. Anyway, so that's the basic idea. You sort of hand wave some elements, and then you zoom in when something happens or something is particularly interesting. Cool. So the first move you make as you explore the site. So we start by sort of envisioning where we're at currently, which is we just came up out of this this river that that is now flowing through these ruins. I almost picture it something where maybe we encounter this river a little bit because it's something that over time has sort of uh, broken through the ruins, right? It's not a not an original feature of this place. Right. Just, and we've luckily, we've got this magical torch that we can use for light source. So that's cool. So we, um, we move to the Delve the Depths move. And this is the move that you come back to repeatedly. It's the sort of core move uh, of the Delve system. Um, and it's basically how you're sort of pushing forward and discovering what happens yep. as you explore the spaces and try to find your... Uh, objective. The trigger for that move is when you traverse an area within a perilous site, envision your surroundings, then consider your approach. Uh, unlike journeys, which are typically, unless you've got an asset that changes it, this has a little bit of stat flexibility based on how you're approaching it, mm -hmm. like narratively what you're doing, right? I, I guess in terms of like who's sort of leading us here, I could go either way with it. I think my character, just by virtue of who he is, would tend to move in front and sort of lead the way, but I'm also somewhat sort of beholden to your uh, bond with your sword and the insight right. that it gives you, right? Potentially for navigating this place. So what's your sense of things? How would you as a character sort of proceed as we're now standing there, chilled, having come out of the water, looking maybe at this dark passage leading away from this um, small sort of cave-like space we're in? I'm actually a little bit hesitant, and I think that I've relied on the sword and this sort of uh, inherent pull towards this place that now that I'm here, I actually feel a little bit lost. I'm not sure where to go next or uh, which path to go by. And so uh, I'm actually a little bit hesitant, a little scared uh, now that we're here. I'm not sure what we're going to find here. And the fact that I don't feel the sword as much here uh, is a bit unsettling. And so I reassuringly pat Einar on the head, uh, more reassuring myself than anything else, and uh, look to you, Torgan, and say, light the way. And I do that literally. I uh, raise the torch up high. I have my spear um, uh, sort of latched to my uh, back along with my shield, and I steady the, the darkness and the passage ahead. 
and uh, move forward. And the uh, roll I'm going to make here, I think I'm going to go, so I have a choice of haste, which uh, moving with haste, which is roll plus edge. Yep. That's an instant no for me. I don't think we're moving quickly. <laughs> nope. Um, uh, we can move with stealth or trickery, which means we roll plus shadow, which would be an option if we're trying to be especially quiet. Um, um, but for me, I think observation, intuition, or expertise, roll plus wits, I think that's uh, that would be my default go-to in this uh, situation. Yeah, that definitely makes of sense. Just sort of studying the the path ahead, trying to intuit the proper direction, uh, keeping aware of dangers, yada yada. That makes um, sense. The cool thing is the choice you make here also sort of guides what happens on a weak hit. Yeah. Like if if you're moving with haste, you're more likely to run into danger, but you also have a better chance of marking significant progress. Yeah. Forward. If you're moving with shadow, it's safer, but you also have less opportunity to um, discover beneficial things, right? Because mm -hmm. you're avoiding everything, right? Yeah. So, um, and then wits is sort of a balanced approach, sort of balance between uh, safety and danger. So that's where we're going to go with. Such a nifty mechanic. I love that. It's one of my favorite parts yeah. of the book. It works out pretty cool. All right. So here I go. Delve the depths. I'm going to select wits from the little roll 20 drop down here. It's our here. first delve roll. Yay. It's going to be a miss, I'm sure. <laughs> hey, no, weak hit. I'm actually okay. excited about that because that means we get to roll yeah. on that table. It means we get to roll on the table yep. and see what happens. So uh, basically, there's a table on Delve the here. And just depending on what stat you use, you look at that row and you see what the result is. Weak, uh, weak hit means um, uh, generally, you know, weak hit with anything in Iron Sworn is like a uh, sort of mitigated, you know, success or success with a lesser um, result or something like that. But it could be many things yep. for this. So I'm going to use the roller here and just roll 1d100. It's uh, choose one, mark progress or find an opportunity. Ooh. Hmm. Tempting. So find an opportunity is a sub move. Basically, you can roll on a table and... I kind of want to find an opportunity because it I means kinda, it means rolling on a table. Oh, it's such a bummer because, <laughs> yeah. So let's do that. Let's find an opportunity. Cool. So when you encounter a helpful situation or feature within a site, uh, you're going to roll on the following table. Uh, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to roll and see what happens. Now, the interesting thing here is with find an opportunity, there's sort of like narrative authority based on what happened with Delta Depths. If I had rolled a strong hit with the Delta Depths, I could find an opportunity. It would it would key me over to that move, right? But I could sort of pick or envision an opportunity rather than rolling the table, right? Yep. So I have more narrative authority and control over what happens here. It's a little bit more uncertain. Like we might something find something that's really narratively beneficial for our current situation, or it might be something that's you know less so just by virtue of rolling on this table. Yeah. So let's do that. Roll again. One d hundred. I get the feeling roll twenty is getting hit hard today. Yeah. It's a lot of people you see gaming. Yeah. To roll the dice. <laughs> I'm thinking, thinking. Like every every time you roll, it like puts you in a queue, like a DMV, yeah. like rolling. You, you are you are 85 <laughs> to roll the dice. Now serving. Uh, are you seeing anything on your? <laughs> no, side? I'm not. Dude. There it goes. Man. There it goes. 16. I'm, you know what I'm gonna do is grab my. Why don't yeah? Why me. don't we actually roll physical dice? Yeah. Uh, 16. 16. The terrain favors you, or you find a hidden path. Okay, so I think that's a natural result for this. Yeah. Of, it probably means there's a fairly clear path forward. What I envision us is walking through this little like uh, natural tunnel that's not carved mm -hmm. by the giants of old. It's too short for them. Um, it goes a short distance and then it opens up into this 
uh, expansive hall. Yeah. And on the other side of the hall is a clear path through the temple. And this is not like, this is almost like an antechamber or something, but just by virtue of the size of the giant. Yeah, just the sheer size of it. In any human, you know, development, this would be like, um, you know, the equivalent of the throne room or whatever. Totally. I imagine it's it's so big and the ceiling is so high that the the light from our crystal torch doesn't quite get to the other side all the way. Like it's we have to walk a little ways before we see the other side of this room. Yeah, exactly. Um, so when you find an opportunity, you you get to choose from a couple things based on that result. We can either take plus one momentum just to represent sort of your inertia forward, um, or you can take action now, which. You, Basically, if you're making a move that leverages that opportunity, you get to add plus one, you get to take plus one momentum on a hit. That applies to you or allies, or both of you even, if you're both doing sort of narratively appropriate things. Mm-hmm. So we could stop here. Maybe if this was maybe if we were in this really long delve and we decided if we decided to find an opportunity was a secure location, we can make camp, right? And yeah. if Matt was making camp, he could he could spring off my opportunity and make a roll. And I could say Oh, I'm going to go search for some cave rats and resupply for some food or whatever. Right. And I would be able to leverage the same thing to get that bonus. In this case, I think it's just, I'm going to go with that add plus one and take plus one momentum on a hit just to sort of represent sort of the clear path forward. Yeah, that makes sense. So that means on my next delve the depths roll, I'm going to add plus one basically. Great. And so we envision the area we're moving into. I think I think for this delve the depths, we're basically crossing this this vast chamber right so we're moving toward a passage beyond uh i'm gonna roll plus wits again i'm gonna add my modifier another weak hit another weak hit so we get a roll on the table again can you give me a d100 roll maybe and then we'll yeah maybe maybe just you know what queue up a d100 when i'm making my roll and then we got a perfect then we have them both to balance between we go 75 you rolled wits yeah choose one mark progress to find an opportunity again we should mark some progress progress, yeah we have all of one progress on our journey thus far. We're on our delve. It's going going pretty well. It's going great. <laughs> uh, and as with um, journeys, you decide when you're going to locate your objective. When you have the fiction, fictional and and mechanical yep. um, impetus to make that move, I don't think we have either of these things at those things at this point. So no, we're gonna we're gonna push forward. Um, so the next one. So we're we're moving into this now dark passage beyond. So what does this look like? What does a giant passage look like? I think that it's uh, it's fairly wide, but I think that it's it's mostly tall. It's this sort of tall winding. It almost feels like we're inside a, a labyrinth or a maze in terms of the these sheer stone walls that are sort of rising up on either side of us. Um, and even though there's a lot of room in here, I think that it feels a little claustrophobic as we move through this passageway just because we're you know, sheer darkness behind us, sheer darkness ahead of us. And the way that this passageway kind of winds uh, to the left and to the right, it's difficult for the light to penetrate very far forward. Um, so I think as we as we move down this passageway, actually, I have my hand on the hilt of my sword over my shoulder. Uh, and Einar is moving slowly beside me. Uh, Einar is uncomfortable in here as well. Um, definitely more used to wide open spaces, uh, forests and things for hunting. And so as we, as we move deeper and, uh, deeper into the darkness of this, of this temple, I think both of us are a little on edge. So let's roll for a feature 
for um, for this area that we're moving into. So as you transition sort of via Delve the Depths, you could use the um, the feature oracles within the uh, within the theme and domain cards mm -hmm. to sort of generate your surroundings um, and find what you sort of discover as you move forward. Uh, so I roll 29, that leads me to the domain card, and I get crumbling corridors and chambers, which is in fact the most sort of common aspect of a ruin on the domain card, mm -hmm. which makes sense for what we're moving here. So let's, uh, let's delve the depths. So no opportunity that time, so I'm just going to make the straight roll. Going to roll with wits again. Ooh. All right, so we got a strong hit on delve the depths. So with a strong hit, you delve deeper, mark progress, and find an opportunity. So we get to do both. We get to mark progress, um, and we get to find an opportunity. So we can decide, uh, we can just envision the opportunity ourselves, or we can roll on the table if we want to leave leave a little bit uh, uncertainty to it. What are you feeling? I, I mean, I'm always, I'm I'm the guy that would roll every time. So I'm, I'm good with rolling if you are. 92. 92. You are alerted to a potential threat. Ah, interesting. So I think that we... You know, we're we're working our way down this winding passage, and eventually it it starts to open up a little bit, um, and we feel that we're about to reach sort of another uh, uh, open area. And we come around the corner, and we maybe hear some noises up ahead, these muffled noises. And uh, through the through the stone passageways, it's it's hard to discern exactly what it is, but there's definitely something else in here with us, and it's moving up ahead. So my hand, again, strays to the hilt of my sword, and I hold out a hand to you, sort of telling you to slow up. Uh, Einar's ears perk up, its wings tuck against itself. Uh, and I say, we're not alone. Uh, and I pause in my tracks and I take the light, the light that I'm holding sort of low and tuck it behind me a little bit just to try to keep um, light from splashing forward um, into the space ahead. And I nod to you and say, take a look carefully. I nod and move forward. So would this be a face danger? Would this be a reveal of danger? What do you think? You know, I don't think you face danger because we're aware of it more than just the sound. Right. So we got to we got to carry that narrative authority forward. Mm -hmm. So I think you can safely sort of move forward and see what's going on. Yeah. So I uh, I move beyond the uh, the light of the crystal torch um, and uh, in the sort of dim waning light of it, move forward, keeping low, uh, staying quiet, uh, and I peek around the corner to see if I can uh, ascertain what exactly it is that's making noise up here. That's great. Why don't we roll aspect focus on the um, on the Delve oracles? Cool. Aspect and focus are very similar to the action and theme oracles from Iron Sworn Core. They give you mm -hmm. um, word prompts, uh, but with a little bit more specificity and appropriateness to a physical location. So I'm going to roll one of each. Unstable. Grave. Oh, oh God. No. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> unstable grave okay <laughs> so i have some ideas do you have any ideas I, you go for it so i think you you see ahead of you a giant mausoleum basically it's a large circular chamber ornate stone carved pillars um and it's ringed by sort of terraces of uh what would you call it like the little cubby holes where you lay the body out uh yeah like little like burial alcoves or whatever alcove yeah that's the word i'm looking for yep. thanks um yeah so it's it's there all along the walls is sort of tiers of 
uh, alcoves with ancient dead giant. Um, yeah, just these massive horses. skeletons. Yeah. Lying in them. But there's notably one empty alcove and you see, you catch a sudden movement off to the left as you're sort of studying the space and here just sort of a lumbering sliding motion and you see a a undead giant come into view just sort of walking uh aimlessly and it's uh its flesh is moldered um to where you can see bones in places but there's also like iron bones some of the bones are like sheathed with iron yeah there's like spiky iron protuberances coming out of it. Um, and its head is sort of lolling unnaturally to one side. It's dragging one leg um, that is eaten away and and wrapped with this cold gray iron. Um, and it doesn't seem to notice you. I first take a moment to look upon something I've never seen before. <laughs> like, I, I don't... I don't imagine I've ever encountered an undead creature before, let alone an, an undead giant. Uh, and so it, it takes me a moment to even like, reckon what I'm seeing. Uh, and as the reality of it sort of settles in, my breath catching in my lungs, I slowly back away, uh, finding you again around the corner. You see me my in the, the blue light of the crystal torch. My face looks pale. My eyes are kind of wide, and I look at you and say, there's a giant skeleton walking around up ahead, and I wish that I were joking. And I just take a deep breath and sigh and just give you a look like, yeah, that sounds about right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I say, uh, it doesn't seem to have noticed me, and while it doesn't appear particularly alert, we might be able to sneak by. Did you see a passage forward? I imagine that without the crystal torch, I would not have been able to see to the other side. So I shake my head and say, I felt air moving. I know there's a way through, but I didn't see it. And I look at I look at my torch trying to figure out how to snuff it because <laughs> <Right. laughs> I don't know if I should be carrying this beacon with us. Yeah. Um, thinking for a moment and realizing there's probably no way to just sort of sneak through without dumping our light source. Mm-hmm. Um, we both dumped our packs. Yep. So, you know, put it under my shirt and just, there's a glowing (laughs) shirt walking through the chamber. (laughs) So, so what I'm thinking is that we need to distract this thing somehow. We just need to draw it away or something so that we can, we can hopefully get through ahead of it. Yeah. Um, I'm in no mood to try to deal with it head on. Yep. Uh, and you know what I'm going to do is add quickly to our denizen sheet since we just established that now there's They're undead, undead yep. Uh Probably under rare, we'll go 96, 97. We'll go, what's a cool name for an undead iron rack giant? Iron bone giant. I uh, love it. Uh, so this time I move ahead with you carefully, just easing forward as quietly as possible, trying to keep my glowing gem torch uh, as low as I can, trying to trying to snuff the light as much as I can. I feel like just giving, you know, the age old trick of like picking up a piece of stone and giving it a toss and uh, trying to trick it. Yeah. Trying to trick it. Yeah. Well, I have, uh, I have decent shadow if you want me to give it a try. Yeah. That sounds like a shadow trick, doesn't it? Yep. Sure. Yep. The good news is we're still, we're still um, playing with that plus one ad from our find an opportunity. So we've got that in our hip pocket still. Yeah. Right. 
So we can use that and add that to your shadow. Yep. Uh, let me do a quick bit of, I haven't added my uh, last momentum. So I'm going to quick do a quick bit of paperwork on that. Got that. And this will be plus one momentum on a hit if you manage to do this. So yeah, I think we should just go for it. Like okay. toss it, see if we can distract it. Run like hell. Yeah. Um, for the for the opposite side. Hope there's a there's chamber. A chamber, there, yeah. Or or a, not a chamber, but a passage. Yep. And see what happens. Okay. So I'm gonna go ahead and face danger then, rolling shadow and adding plus one for that opportunity earlier. Oh. Oh, that's a miss. On a miss, you fail, or your progress is undermined by a dramatic and costly turn of events. <laughs> Big price. <laughs> All right. Well, um, are you uh, so ready? So we could we could decide we could <laughs> we could decide that we reach the passage across the way, but that there's some dire you know threat that we weren't aware of. Yeah. Or just decide that oh we failed and he's now aware of us. Um, yeah. And I, I think the former feels or the latter feels um, right for this situation, right? Yeah. So what happens? So I, uh, you kind of indicate. Uh, a pile of rubble and you make a little like tossing miming sign at me i nod to you understanding your meaning i pick up the rock and i toss it across the the uh room this mausoleum and it makes this clattering sound we hear bones and and ceramic pottery breaking uh and the skeleton immediately uh its head snaps up and it looks in the direction of the noise. You and I take off running, uh, moving quickly through the mausoleum. And I look back at the giant. And as I do, my foot catches on a piece of rubble. And I go down, uh, sliding onto the uh, dusty uh, stonework floor of this mausoleum. And as I do so, my sword kind of clatters on the ground. And the giant, <laughs> en route to this this uh, deception, immediately turns and sees me lying there prone on the floor of the mausoleum. And uh, I look to you and go, keep going! And I uh, drop the torch on the ground between us. I was a few steps ahead of you probably at this point because you took a fall. Mm-hmm. The clattering of your sword is still echoing as this giant is now lumbering purposely toward us. And we sense a dark intelligence within its uh, eyes that are lit with a weak, putrid light. And I take my shield from behind my back and take my spear and stride to stand in front of you. And we'll enter the fray based on that. All right. Okay. Not feeling good about it. This is going to be a thing. All right. So we're going to set up a progress track for enter the fray. We're going to call this fine fellow formidable, I guess. Yeah, that, that, I think that makes, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, do you want to you want to track stuff for him? Yeah, I'll go ahead and take it. Okay. So this is going to be a fight with the iron bone giant. giant. It's going to be formidable. And let's enter the fray and see what happens. Can I, uh, I want to add a bit of uh, detail to the appearance of this giant. I think that it's yeah, carrying like a big... Um, like a hammer, like a large war hammer, but the the iron of its bones has kind of wrapped around the hammer, so the oh, I like the hammer is sort of fused with its skeleton. It's sort of waving this hammer around that it can't drop, uh, just an extension of its limb. That's fantastic. Cool. All right. All right, so end of the fray, that's a definite heart for me. What are you feeling for you? Uh, so 
That's a great question. Uh, I think that for me, oh man, I almost want to roll wits. Although I kind of feel like you're, I kind of feel like ambushed is probably the most appropriate sort of thing. Yeah. Just because you're not at the ready, right? Yep. Totally. I think that works for you. Um, And I get to add plus one because I do have my, uh, my blade with me. Nice. So I'm going to go ahead and do that. I gotta remember, I gotta take a look at my shield asset and see, make sure I remember. Uh, doing wits, adding plus one, and if I, uh, I get to add plus one momentum here as well. Ooh, awesome. Strong hit for me, so. Uh, strong hit for me as well. So that's plus three momentum for me because I get plus two from the strong hit and an additional plus one from my uh, sword asset. Nice, you're gonna need that. Yep. <laughs> uh, so, so I'm gonna take my plus two momentum as well. Um, my momentum's back, uh, back up to plus eight. Yeah, so plus eight for me as well. Yeah. Um, I think I think narratively it probably makes most sense for me to sort of take the first action here. Yep. So I'm standing there with my shield and spear at the ready. Giant is lumbering toward us, and I'm going to. You're still on the ground. It's just been a few, you know, second or two has passed, mm-hmm. and I'm going to run forward to uh, to meet it in the center of the chamber and lunge at its legs, I guess, with yeah. the spear. Sweep yep. the leg. Sweep the <laughs> leg, yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> so that's going to be a strike. Now, initiatives and attack close quarters, roll plus iron. So that's what I'm going to do. It's a strong hit. Nice. That's what we want to see here on Ass the Oracle. <laughs> um, so I get to inflict three harm, which is three progress against this bad boys. So what that looks like is I go charging at it, spear held ahead in one hand, shield in the other, screaming a battle cry to make sure I'm getting all of this thing's attention. And I uh, move right between its legs and just slashing along like the meat in the corrupted iron of this thing as I pass by. Almost just like a a shark-like uh, testing bite, right? Mm-hmm. Just to see whether or not this thing is gonna... There's enough meat on this thing to harm. And it, it digs in satisfactorily uh, deep as I lunge past. And this thing lets out a roar, not of not of pain, but of uh, anger. Yep. And the roar has this like metallic tone Ooh, to it. Yeah. Yep. It's almost like he's been synthesized, right? Yeah. Um, it's like 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 imagine a hammer clang as a roar, and that's what it sounds like. I love it. All right, what are you doing? Because I'm over there being badass. So. Uh... Yeah, well, so I entered the fray with a strong hit, uh, despite falling on my ass and dropping my sword. So I think that uh, I recover surprisingly quickly. I uh, My fall turns into a bit of a roll, and uh, I come forward and snatch my sword up off the ground in one fluid movement. Uh, and I'm already up and running, uh, sort of right on your heels. And uh, as I do so, I, I whistle, and Einar is at my side. And uh, he bounds up and uh, sort of runs up a pile of rubble and comes into a glide. Uh, There's not enough space in here for him to fly, but he can at least glide a little bit. And he catches the giant uh, as it pulls back with this huge hammer that is uh, fused with its 
uh, bones, comes back with his hammer, and Einar catches it in the arm and brings that hammer down as I'm coming up, and I'm going to slash with my sword and try and uh, uh, shatter these bones and hew its limb from its body. Very cool. So I'm going to go ahead and strike using that was, iron. That was a lot of cool setup, so don't roll a miss. Yeah, yep. <laughs> uh, no modifier for me. The, the lag on the roll is really anxiety <laughs> it's, it's, inducing. It's suspense, I know. Yeah. It's like, uh, I'll get to you. I had to do it twice last time. Weird. Okay, I'm going to try it. Oh, there it goes. We hit. Okay. Okay. We hit. So I, uh, that'll be uh, two harm for me on that. So go ahead and mark two progress on him if you would. Um, so, why, so you've lost initiative. So what sort of like, what, what puts you a little bit off your pace there? So I come forward, I um, as Einar is latched onto its arm and dragging its arm down to where I can strike it, I come forward slashing with my sword and there's this ringing of steel as the sword hews through bone and shatters uh, part of its uh, forearm. Um, but the limb remains connected and the giant immediately reflexively thrashes forward with this arm and catches me with it. And uh, I go flying across the mausoleum and, and sliding into the dirt uh, a, far, a fair bit away, um, coming to my knees with a wince as I do so. Uh, so I've inflicted harm, but it sort of knocked me aside uh, as, yeah. as retribution. That's perfect. Um, the good news is that it's sort of putting a focus on you has now given me a bit of an opening. Yep. I've still got initiative from my last strong hit, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna uh, leverage that and uh, slash at it uh, again with my spear, trying to find a little bit of leverage, a little bit of soft spots in the infrastructure of this horrific thing. Uh, let's strike plus iron, see what happens. It's another strong hit, man. Are we are we playing Ironsworn right now? <laughs> this is oh, uh, wait. no it's Ironsworn plus here. It's uh, <laughs> Ironsworn easy mode. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. Eight eight on my action score and two and three on the challenge. Man, so can't ask for better than that. Uh, so yeah, that's going to be another three progress. So here's what happens: it was dragging this one one leg behind, right? Mm -hmm. I sort of catch sight of like a, it's just it's just hanging there by a thread, right? Mm -hmm. There's this little tendril of like iron and flesh that's sort of holding its knee into its lower leg. Yeah. And I get in with there with my spear and just use it like like a like leverage. Oh yeah, just pop it off. Uh, yeah. So I'm not trying to stab it. I'm just trying to like pop its pop its leg yeah. off basically <laughs> at the kneecap. Right. Um, so yeah, that's what I do and. And there, there's a sort of a horrific sort of sickly sounding sort of metallic and fleshy pop. Yeah. Oh, this is, I'm sorry, audience, for this. I don't know why I'm being so. <laughs> anyway. Uh, it's okay. And, it's a giant. And, it's a giant. So. And the leg drops away and this thing crashes to one knee. And then I rear back with, a, with the spear to, I, I see like a beating metallic heart in his chest. Oh, cool. Yeah. Right? It's mm -hmm. exposed. There's a little gap in the ribs there. I see in there like th this heart that's sort of wreathed in little iron threads. And I just, I, I pull back with my spear and just jam straight in there. And that's to end the fight. Yeah. Uh, because I'm playing off that strong hit on uh, the last strike. I get a, and we've got eight progress now. So yeah. I think that's all the fictional mechanical incentive I need to make that end the fight move. So Definitely. Let's do it. All right. Going to roll progress. 
That's a weak hit. Weak hit on uh, our friend the giant. Uh, seven, seven, and eight on the challenge dice compared oh, yeah. to our eight progress. So weak hit means um, we uh, succeed, but there's a little bit of a cost. Mm-hmm. Uh, worse than you thought, endure harm. That might make sense for you. Like you might, the adrenaline might be fading away and realizing you took a pretty good hit, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I, I was kind of hurled across the room and uh, probably got some a couple of cracked ribs or something going on so you want to call that maybe it sounds like a maybe a one or two two harm sort of hit that you take yeah I, i'm gonna go ahead and say two harm just because it's a yeah. you know 10 foot tall undead giant with a yeah metal warhammer so i'm gonna go ahead right. and let you knock myself you down a couple under harm move in yep and i'm gonna roll my health or my iron rather than my health because my iron is higher Ooh, what you got uh, i i've Got a miss, so I'm also suffering minus one momentum. Oh, bummer. Yeah. So uh, I kind of, I'm getting up off the ground as you're finishing the fight, uh, getting ready to to run back in. And I, as I stand, I sort of drop back down to one knee as I realize just how uh, hard that giant hit me with its hammer. Uh, so I kind of drop to one knee and wince, uh, holding my side as I do so. Yeah, that sounds perfect. And I'm standing for a moment, breathing hard. Looking at this thing, sort of horrified it uh, by it a little bit, also by just the enormity of what we're dealing with here, right? All these uh, things that are sort of beyond the ken, so to speak, of mm-hmm. my understanding and experience. Um, and then I see you sort of over, uh, you know, trying to bounce back from this and come over and give you a hand to bring you to your feet. I nod my thanks and then incline my head towards the giant and say, well done. Made short work of that one. Bigger they are. <laughs> right. Uh, and I think this is a good opportunity to just take a moment and catch up on a little bit of uh, paperwork. It seems like uh, defeating uh, this uh, undead giant here is a good opportunity to reach a milestone on our Find the White Pillar quest. It represented a pretty formidable obstacle in that. And it also rewards the fact that we went, basically we went from a strong hit on Delta Depths, introduced this danger and we managed to overcome it. So it rewards us for putting that obstacle basically in our path. Mm-hmm. And I could see a, a now a uh, passage leading out of this space. So I strap my shield and my spear to my back once again, hold the torch up, let its light just touch the edges of this passage forward, stare into the darkness for a moment. Are you okay to move on? I'm fine. I square my shoulders and head off into the darkness to see what other horrors lay wait for us in the temple of Denua. And I think that's a good place to leave it. Yeah. It's going so well. <laughs> I'm, at, I'm at one health, but the, uh, my spirits are high. Oh, you're really at one health? I am really at one health, yes. I probably would not have suggested that if I'd known you were, forgot you were low on health. Oh, no, it's it's all good. In our next session, we're going to make friends with a huge pet giant, which will go very well. Well, I don't think we're going to make friends with him. Yeah. We can try. I might bring him some stew and see see what he thinks. Yeah. Cool. That'll be exciting. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm really excited. I, this is uh, my first use of the delve mechanics. I'm really excited to delve into them. Yay. All right. And we'll do that uh, next time. In the meanwhile, Matt, do you want to share where folks can find you on the internet? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm on Twitter at twitter.com slash Matt Click. Uh, I'm also... 
Uh, I have Patreon, patreon.com slash Matt Click, and I'm actually doing uh, weekly game design streams over there right now uh, where I'm working on some fifth edition sci-fi stuff. So if you're interested in that kind of thing, you can stop by and hang out on one of the streams and see some uh, semi-professional, not awesome game design as I kind of stumble through it and uh, should be pretty fun. So, uh, and then I, uh, I publish books over at absolutetabletop.com as well. Awesome. Thank you again for uh, taking the time out of your busy schedule to do this with me. Absolutely. And I'm Sean Tomkin. You can find me on Twitter at Sean, S-H-A-W-N, Tomkin, T-O-M-K-I-N. Uh, please visit ironshornrpg.com for all the latest downloads and community resources. And really appreciate everyone listening. Stay safe, be well, and may all your vows be fulfilled. Thank you.